You're listening to highlights from the Creative Processes interview with Amanda Morgan, Christopher Dariano, and Price Sadar. This podcast is supported by the Jan Michalski Foundation. And the, the glamour and the drama and the discipline of dance, it doesn't become difficult when you go to your ordinary life, let's say. Yeah. That transition, is that difficult or how do you manage that? Hmm. I think for me, a huge art fiend, no matter where I go, I look at humanity kind of artistically. Yeah. <laughs> I think she's the same. We find it interesting to see the different patterns of people walking on the street. Yeah. It's like silly things like You're that. You're still dancing. We're yeah. still yeah. dancing yeah. somewhere inside. That's beautiful. Yeah, so it's great. It's great for us. We kind of feed off each other. She's like, oh, look at the way that little baby like crawled. <laughs> like, <laughs> and, I'm like, and I'm like, I love it. Like, let's do it. You know, <laughs> let's put it in something. That's the one thing about dancers looking at children looking at animals as well their natural grace i wonder how much inspiration you get from watching the dancers of the natural world i remember being in new york city and i was walking in the street and i would just see each person i feel it felt like i could see each person's story and how different they were for you guys who are your role models who do you look up to the most choreography or dancers who's really inspired you Carl Cruz is my favorite dancer. <laughs> <laughs> he just retired. Yes, he yeah. did. He's performing here. His last time performing with the company mm-hmm. is in Paris. He's my ultimate favorite. Loved him since I came to the school. He's uh, such a mentor of mine. Choreography-wise, I re- obviously love Crystal. She's just genius. And we're actually going to see Pina Bausch's show tomorrow. Oh, uh, wow. They're doing so Pina Bausch work. So like, I've never really seen it, so I'm very um, interested to see what I'll think of her choreography. I feel like I'll like it. I really love Jerome Robbins and Balanchine and also Crystal Pite. <laughs> I, I love the ballet world and I also love the contemporary world. I think they're just masterminds of shaping the way you think and shaping music. So, What was the experience like working with her? Because on social media I did see so many dancers yeah. raving about that experience mm-hmm. working with her. What oh was that God. like? She's incredible. She's just so like a positive ball of energy. Yeah. And she's like a little quiet at times and then she'll just be thinking and then she'll just all of a sudden be like, yes! Like, she's just so much energy. Where do you see the future of dance coming? Yes. Oh, wow. I think we really need to start merging contemporary and ballet, but not in the way that everyone assumes contemporary and ballet is. They think it's just this kind of wacky or either somber aesthetic but it's something that's a lot more humane, and I think that's something we both draw to a lot. I think ballet is something that's just so beautiful, and we need to keep that integrity by also keeping it alive with our generation. And our generation's contemporary, and our generation's a little more down-to-earth and a little grungier. So I feel like ballet would go there. And how do you introduce imperfection into something that's about perfection, Grace? Beauty. Well, I feel like Crystal There's beauty Pite, and imperfection, too. Yes. So much beauty. <laughs> and I feel like Chris, one reason why Crystal Pite is such a pioneer of our generation is she highlights these humane moments by theater. It's mm-hmm. not just by dance anymore. It's by theatrics. And it's by putting all these beautiful moments that you would see on Broadway. She's putting it into dance, and she's showing it to the dance world and including dance in that. And I think it's interesting how she kind of merges these worlds. Same with Jerome Robbins. He did the exact same. Balanchine did the same. So I feel like we need to keep going with that instead of just whacking our legs around. (laughs) I definitely think that the meaning is going to change too, just with everything that's happening politically and what's going on in our world. I think it's inspiring choreographers to make works that don't have people kind of stray away from thinking about what's going on in the world, but it really makes them focus more on it or think about mm-hmm. it in a way. And it might be uncomfortable, but it's un- 
honestly necessary because art really does change a lot when it comes to social and political issues. I also think that just dance in general is going to be more diverse because our generation is just getting more diverse. So just lastly, you know, when you think about the future of education and the importance of dance and live performance, how could we be evolving our humanistic education model? What do you see? I think just getting as many people out there to see dance or art in general. It doesn't have to be dance specifically, but I'd love for it to be dance. Actually, at PNB right now, we're trying to have more dancers go into public schools and have them have more performances so that people in general can see dance more. Because I think it really does uh, brighten people's mood. It makes them think more about things. It kind of helps them not take life so hard. <laughs> so I think continuously we should just have people just see dance and not just in a theater but you know in a park in a public place yeah really just, welcome it yeah exactly yeah i agree with that i think dance it's the most universal language to humans it's just so natural to move your body so i think just getting people out there to see how people move their bodies will inspire them to do the same and to stay active especially in america yeah. to really get on their feet and be proactive and listen to music and listen to other people kind of getting this unison this group that can work together and work as one not just as an individual and not just being selfish it's more about kind of a community so i think if we just focus on more of a community aspect yeah. and outlook I think it'll really, really, really help our generation, you know, for our children and the people after that. Because I'm an artist and I write too, you're drawing it out, how do you, or is it just all stay in your head, or how do you? I feel like I, feel like I draw a lot and she writes poetry a lot, <laughs> yeah. we're kind I, of the dual action. Yeah. Or like um, I will write, I have an idea of where people are in the space, mm-hmm. and Crestles is very much the same way, and other people are very much the same way, <laughs> but I just kind of see structures and shapes where people are in the space, and then they kind of have a idea behind it, or what it means to me, mm-hmm. and then from there I'll choreograph once I get in the studio. So yeah. I kind of have that whole process written out mm-hmm. and do you then have in my the head. steps already pretty much in your head or uh, do you wait and see your dancers and like create it off of that? Sometimes I do have the steps and then my dancers do something completely different. I was like, never mind, scratch what I did. Like, <laughs> <I'm not laughs> bad. like yeah. Yeah, You have to work for their bodies yes, and their exactly. personality. Because I can understand if someone's doing it on me, I'd probably not do it the right way. <laughs> <laughs> it's so interesting how a piece evolves. So I guess we have a bit of time, so I, I love to know how a piece evolves, how it evolves, and, and also as you're interpreting other people's roles when is that moment when it unlocks for you or it becomes yours that you take possession of with choreographing i again have a notebook where you go to a coffee shop and you just write all day or you draw all day i love illustrating and i have a notebook where i just kind of jot down random ideas that i get when listening to music or just that i see outside and then maybe i'll visualize them by drawing like Mm -hmm. a little outline of a person or drawing, like my piece had flowers in it, and I just loved drawing roses, and I think that's where I got the inspiration from. So Mm -hmm. for me, it was just kind of like, what do I see on paper? How can I apply that to my dancing, or Mm -hmm. vice versa? It's very helpful to just have a notebook where you can kind of just keep to yourself 24 hours a day, jot down whatever you need to jot down, and then continue from there. But that's how my piece evolved too. Mm -hmm. I see something from last August to June from now, and it's just a totally different world with the same intention. Mm-hmm. So it's cool to have this kind of storyline mm-hmm. stream throughout my writing or my visuals. 
It's beautiful. I like to think of uh, dancers as flowers, as this ing- organic. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a beautiful image. You have like shedding yes. and yeah. uh-huh. it was blooming. Not, it, uh-huh. Instead of it being a bloom, it was a shed. So uh-huh. instead of growing to something, you were growing out of something. Mm-hmm. And then from that, you're evolving. Uh, and that's that you so nice. It's like a sadness, but it's beautiful. Yeah, it's it's a beautiful sadness that I think that we all need to appreciate. You know, like, Mm -hmm. I struggle, you you may struggle, like, standing on one leg to do a pirouette, Mm -hmm. but you can do these, like, off-balance hinges with her work because she understands counterbalance and transferring energy all the way through your body. So you're able to push so much further, but you're also able to use muscle to do it. So you're not just jamming your bones in place. Mm-hmm. You're actually moving, and it feels really nice. I mean, it's you get sore the next day after a show when you're going as far as possible. But there's so many things that when she was teaching, I thought would be so painful. And there's a step at the beginning of my solo when I like roll over my foot and I go to the ground. I thought I was going to break my foot doing it, <laughs> but it actually feels weightless. I don't feel weight in either of my legs when I do it because it's very specific. You have to stretch backwards with your arms and like pull forward with your knee and I don't feel weight on either leg and I just go down to the ground. It's the most incredible feeling and it's just, it's so geniusly constructed, which is just her. She's probably the greatest choreographer I've ever worked with and there's a lot of fantastic ones. But she knows how to get what she wants, and she does not compromise. But at the same time, she collaborates, and she's so generous with her time, and I've never seen her. And I, I sort of had this moment of panic. You know, I was very excited when he commissioned a work, and I was you know, thrilled, and then as I was conceptualizing every idea I thought I would have, I was like, this is terrible. Like, wanting up throwing it away. I was wondering, like, why why should I be doing this? There's multiple choreographers in the company that are very talented, and there's thousands of choreographers in the world that, you know, should be coming in or would be coming in. Why me? Why do I need to do this? Or why should I do this? Or what do I have to say that other people don't? And it hit me that that was the question. It wasn't really what I had. Because when you really you know, boil it down to the simplest idea, as a dancer, what do you have to offer that no one else does? Really nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, when you look at steps, you know, if you can turn, go to YouTube. There's like a 12-year-old who can turn better than you. <laughs> or jump or extension or feet, yeah. whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So really the only thing that you have to offer is your own living person. You work and you develop skills and strengths and weaknesses throughout your career. But the only thing that truly sets you apart is your own self. Mm. Because people will dance roles after me that I danced, and I'm dancing roles after other people, but the only thing that sets it apart is the fact that I, in this moment in time, am doing these specific things. And I, I saw this disconnect from the way, I mean, and everyone's seen it, the way that your lives are portrayed in our digital world and the way lives really go. You know, my wife and I were getting married and it was a very flawed, imperfect relationship. All while I'm seeing other people on Instagram, everything is perfect. Every picture is like the greatest day that has ever been created. 
and I sort of had this idea, or it hit me that life is lived between those moments, the space between pictures or the space between high points in our lives. Like that is where we spend the majority of our time. And that's actually where you find the real beauty of life. We hope you've enjoyed listening to these highlights. To listen to the latest episodes or learn more about participating in exhibitions or interviews, click on subscribe. Thank you for listening.